Hello, and welcome to The Drabblecast, episode 139. The Drabblecast is a weekly flash fiction podcast magazine that brings strange stories by strange authors to strange listeners, such as yourself. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. Boy, do we have a show for you folks this week. A special little something-something to help you get through all that Thanksgiving traffic. And you know who you can thank for that. The fine folks at Kalashi Guesthouse in Port Ellen, Islay Island. That's right, ladies and gentle squid. We have our first ever episode sponsor. You won't ever hear sponsorship ads in this show from the likes of Bud Light or Match.com, but fans of the show are a different story. Why not? Especially if they're plugging something that sounds badass, like the Kalashi Guesthouse bed and breakfast off the coast of Scotland. Andrea, a big fan of the show and one of the house's two owners, says that she loves filling her guests full of fried goods, telling them dirty jokes, and then pointing them the direction of one of the eight world-renowned whiskey distilleries on the island, as well as a kick-ass local brewery. Not only is Islay a legendary mecca for whiskey tourism, it's also a hot spot for big brown trout, if you're into fly fishing like me. Geez, I could actually really use a week of sipping fine malts and trout fishing. I think I just actually sold myself on this. Hmm... Maybe I better be careful with these sponsorship things. Anyways, check out the Kalashi Guesthouse for your next vacation. You'll find a link to them in our show notes. Their website is www.kalasith.co.uk. But it's pronounced Kalashi, not Kalasith. It's Gaelic. Weird alphabet. The TH isn't actually pronounced, and Andrea says she's dealt with many a disappointed Sith-seeking Star Wars fan in her day as a result. So, this week's story, I'm actually a little giddy about it. We bring you Now Let Us Praise Awesome Dinosaurs by Leonard Richardson. Leonard became a programmer because paleontology involved too much outdoor work. (laughs) He writes prose and open source software from his home in New York. For more about him, check out his website at www.crummy.com, which I gotta say is anything but crummy. Leonard has tons of great stuff there, open source software, music, and more stories that he's written, all of it put up with Creative Commons licensing. This guy's the poster child of content creators on the web. Go check out his site to see what I mean. Now Let Us Praise Awesome Dinosaurs first appeared in Strange Horizons back in July. And we've got a bit of a full cast helping us out in this one. In no particular order, playing the part of Antipa the Pachycephalosaur, Rish Outfield from the Steve podcast, one of my personal favorite story podcasts, along with his chum and fellow co-host, Big Anklevich, who plays a lawyer. I know, I know, don't worry. You get dinosaur dibs next time, buddy. Also, Big's super, almost eerily talented kids have a few lines in this story, and augment the cute factor quite substantially. My hat goes off to Big's brood. Reading for interviewer-announcer man, the awesome voice talent of J.B. Goodspeed. J.B. is a trained voice actor and storyteller. His work here with Drabblecast accompanies an extensive portfolio related to strange, obscure, and bizarre fiction. You can check J.B. out and get in touch with him at www.fancyvoices.com. And finally, playing the role of evil internet movie director genius, we have, obviously, none other than Earl Newton from Stranger Things TV. Stranger Things is badass. It's the first science fiction anthology series shot in high-definition video and digitally syndicated throughout the World Wide Web, the Twilight Zone for the internet generation. If you aren't watching Stranger Things, you're not only missing some fantastically produced sci-fi, you're missing history being made. Earl himself has won multiple awards for writing and directing. He was also rejected from film school three times. 
He's not sure which fact gives him more delight at present. Good times. So let's get to it, shall we? Without further ado, now let us praise Awesome Dinosaurs by Leonard Richardson. I want to buy a gun, said the Thymomeneraptor. He moved his foreclaw along the glass case of pistols, counting them off. One, two, three, four. Eh, that one. He tapped the case. The glass squeaked. Eh, why would a dinosaur need a gun? Asked the shop owner. <laughs> Self-defense. The owner's gaze dropped to the three-inch claw that had chipped his display case. Oh, no, these are killing claws, said the dinosaur, whose name was Tark. For sheep, or cows, I just want to disable an attacker with a precision shot to the leg or other, uh, limbal region. Eh, uh -huh, the owner said. Or maybe you figure humans shoot each other all the time, but if someone turns up ripped in half, the cops are going to start looking for dinosaurs. Tark carefully pounded the counter. There used to be a time when gun dealers would actually sell people guns. A time called America. I miss that time. Yeah, I don't sell the foreign nationals. <gasps> Racist. The gun dealer flinched but said nothing. All right, look, just give me this periodical then, okay? Well, I got ripped off, said Tark. A little later, that periodical contained neither guns nor ammo. Well, I'm not buying the self-defense idea either, said his friend, a pachycephalosaur named Antipa. They walked their bikes onto the motocross track on the periphery of the packed dirt arena. The screaming crowd surrounded them like a bull. What's the real story? Man, humans won't pay to watch dinosaurs ride motocross bikes forever, said Tark. I'm going to branch out. Target shooting. I'll be like those tough guys in the action movies. Hey, is my chin strap tight? It's fine, said Antipa. The dinosaurs straddled their bikes. What movies are you talking about? Like the rogue raptor schlock? I admit that giving Ronarsh a gun would help the camp value somewhat. The starter's pistol went off and the two dinosaurs hit their throttles. They rocketed ahead of the pack and shot up the first of a series of packed dirt ramps. I'm talking about the humans, shouted Tark. Vin Diesel, you're Bruce Willis, you're Hulk Hogan going back a few years. You gonna dress up in a little camo outfit? That's chimp work, dude. Tark hit the ground in a slide that left his tail an inch above ground. His feathers sucked up mud. I pictured something very tasteful, actually. You know, with some cows in a meadow or something. And then I shoot them. And Tippa and Tark hit a bumpy patch near the school bus jump and crisscrossed each other in a series of short, shuddering hops that contorted their bodies above their bikes. I, I can't hear you, said Antippa. But Tark couldn't hear him either. They got on the local news. Nice racing. Uh, thanks. Where are you boys from? We're from Atlantis. I thought your people came from Mars. The Atlantis Basin, yes, on Mars. What brings you to Tampa? We came to do high-speed stunts in double gravity. So, how do you like Earth? 
well, it's not as awesome as Mars. M- my friend means to say that Earth is very awesome, but sometimes we get homesick. How intelligent are dinosaurs? We're probably not going to win any prizes, but if you think about it, neither are you. Post-interview, they sat in the stands, enjoying big gulp cups of beer. Tanker trucks sprayed down the dirt and the flies. The dinosaurs' hearts beat quickly in the Florida night. Uh, It's a slippery slope, said Antipa. You start carrying around a weapon and you become a cartoon character in the eyes of the humans. They'll strip you to the bone, and then they'll put your bones in a museum. We stick to the basics. We're bigger, we go faster, we go higher, we hit harder. That sounds like you want dino fights, said Tark. He brushed an earth insect out of his feathers. Dino fights is repulsive. Whoever does those should be locked up. It's totally fake, like pro wrestling. Totally repulsive. Now, if we stick to the traditional Martian demonstrations of prowess, there's still... Is that a blimp? Do humans have blimps? It would seem they had. The blimp rose like a drunken moon above the stadium, straining to keep its cargo clear of the bleachers. Strapped beneath the blimp was what looked like a whole junkyard. Ladies and gentlemen, brace yourselves for the largest land vehicle ever constructed. The announcer's voice originated from the sunnier suburbs of hell. The flying junkyard was a truck. One of its titanium rubber wheels grazed a stadium light. Metal and hot glass rained down on some unfortunates in the cheap seats. All right, now that's what I'm talking about, said Tark. I bet they'll have that thing jump over the other smaller monster trucks. This is no joke, no hoax. This is the grim reality of the Destructoraptor. Destructoraptor? Said Antipa. Give me a break. Why don't they just call the damn thing Truckosaurus? Because there already is a Truckosaurus. A modified steam shovel. Three turbine engines, 30,000 pounds of thrust, hundreds of gallons to the mile. Ropes were cut and the truck hit the ground and bounced, sending a shockwave through the bleachers. Freed of Destructoraptor's weight, the blimp shot upwards and vanished beyond the edge of the stadium. A truck so enormous it could only be driven by... Rex. A tyrannosaur came charging into the arena like an entire football team in one body. Dust clouds bloomed beneath her feet in places the tanker trucks had missed. And why is every carnosaur Rex? It's like calling a human Erectus. Hey, it's Cass. Tark stood up and waved, spilling his beer. Yo, Cass! He turned to the agitated humans in the row behind him, who'd probably wish they'd been under the broken light. Hey, she's the best, he yelled for their edification. Near the truck, Cass took up dominant posture and screamed. Ropes of saliva arced from her gums, bearing huge chunks of meat and blood. And Tippa covered his eyes. She's gone rogue! Yeah, that's McDonald's cheeseburgers! Yeah, baby, she's carning out! The humans love it! Go, Cass! Nothing can prepare you for what you are about to witness. That shut the crowd up for a couple seconds. Cass threw open Destructoraptor's driver's side door like a child already bored with her birthday present and stormed into the cab. She settled her tail into the plate-armored tailpiece protruding from the back of the truck. The tail thrashed, taking out the windows of a few junkers, and then the three turbine engines came to life. The crowd made itself heard over the turbines as Destructoraptor picked up speed. The front wheels shuddered back and forth, shaking the huge machine. Oh, no, 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 
said Intipa. The truck made a wide turn on the roofs of some burned-out stock cars and cut across the motocross track, wobbling towards the side of the arena that hadn't yet gotten a good look. Tark, I don't think Cass knows how to drive! Most things in the arena were too small to pose a threat to Cass. The poles marking the motocross track's finish line went down and took the Pepsi banner with them. A portable ramp was crushed for easy storage. Even a utility bulldozer hardly slowed Destructoraptor. It was the school bus that did it. Laid out in no man's land in the middle of the arena, the first bus was no more trouble than the bulldozer, but there were six, end on end, and the third one hit the truck's undercarriage with an uppercut that sent Destructoraptor crushing onto its side. The announcer's voice drowned in feedback. One of Destructoraptor's engines sucked in mouthfuls of dirt and bus parts and stalled out in the toxic cloud. The other two pushed Destructoraptor like a knife along the row of buses. Firefighters and paramedics rushed into the arena and steeled themselves to face the monster down. Humans come to events like these and scream themselves hoarse. They scream all night from excitement and because everyone else is screaming. But if something terrible happens while they're screaming, they stop. They need to change gears before screaming can be terrible again. But Cass was screaming, breaking with her tail, slamming her side against the passenger side doorframe. Tark and Antippa were screaming, running towards the skidding machine at umpity-ump distance per Earth time unit, not wanting Cass to die, not here on the planet her ancestors had escaped. The emergency workers stayed quiet, efficient as robots, teeming around the huge dead machine with their hoses and jaws of life as if they'd been expecting this. And they hadn't been, but they'd tell each other later at the bar, maybe it's wrong to even say this, but what did you expect? What did they think would happen? Spark plugs don't care. No matter what, they need to be checked, and Antippo was checking them. He yawned comfortably in the baking parking lot. The door to their motel room was propped open, and inside he could hear Tark cursing at the internet. There was no rush to see Cass in the hospital. Normal visiting hours don't apply when the patient's lying in traction on the hospital lawn. Two young humans in sandals observed Antippa, safely out of range of his tail. They differed in sex, but Intipa couldn't tell which was the male and which was the female. Do you know Stegosaurus? Asked one of the children. Stegosaurus is a whole genus, not a person. Oh, Triceratops. Do you know Triceratops? Triceratops died out when your ancestors were tree shrews, said Intipa. He turned over the spark plug, looking for cracks. The Chasmosaurs were the only Ceratopsians who made it to Mars, and then they split into the Alethinosaurs and the Bradipithids. He set the spark plug down on the motel towel. Hey, I found it! shouted Tark, stumbling out of the motel room. The children goggled. What kind are you? Why, I am a kick your assosaurus. Hey, how would you kids like to see a real Tyrannosaur? Are you trying to scar these kids for life? Real third degree burns. Her tail's broken in five places. Oh, don't guilt me. I love Cass like my sister, who's a different species for some reason. My half-sister. So I'm putting in the legwork to find out who's behind this. I did a web search for I Hate Dinosaurs, and it's either the Radical Bird Watchers or the Young Earth Creationists. I'll tell you who's behind it. Some idiot built an unsafe vehicle, 
and another idiot named Cass signed off on it. She's got carnosaur entitlement syndrome. People get hurt, and everyone says, oh, how could this have happened? And it happened because carnosaurs think they own the world. You're neglecting the important point, which is bird watchers. Bird watchers. You know, I never realized the depths of their hate, Antipa. One faction that considers us birds fit only to be watched, and another faction that considers us mere lizards beneath their notice. I'm not feeling the hate, to be honest. Oh, no? Well, here's the scary part. They're having a meeting to resolve this issue one way or the other this weekend in Boca Raton. The same week, the Reverend Dr. Billy Fitch comes to town with his big tent and his footprint casts that prove a Jesus walked with Dametrodon. So what do you think? Pretty good detective work, huh? You've proved nothing except that Florida's full of crackpots. Hey, do you hear a helicopter? Asked Tark, and then crumbled. Ow, something bit me. You got shot by a bunch of goddamn poison darts. They're all over your leg. <gasps> They're trying to silence me. Intipa, carry on my work. Tark fainted with his tongue out. There was definitely a helicopter coming towards the parking lot. It was camo green, but not military. Get out of here, Antipa told the kids. He swung onto his bike, which wouldn't start. Spark plugs, right. A second frill of darts hit him in the stomach. Fingers of nothingness burned outwards from the punctures. Antipa fell wobbly onto Tark, the bike skidding away. Are you okay? Said one of the kids, already climbing all over Antipa the way kids always wanted to. Stop it! Said Antipa. There was a puff of gas from the helicopter and a net bloomed around them. The kids screamed. Tark, we're being kidnapped. Wake up! Bite through this net or something! Oh, not made of biting, Tark muttered, but Antipa was already asleep. A light flicked on. Tark woke up. It's about time, said a voice. I've been flicking that light off and on for ten minutes. Tark sprawled, immobilized on a concrete floor. The light was one of many hung from a tall ceiling. The walls bore a gradient of dark red stains that faded out three meters up. Some ways away, Antipa lay on his side, snoring loudly. Hey, I know this place, said Tark. Oh, then you're a fan of dino fights? Tark's eyes darted back and forth. He couldn't see an exit. The voice came from behind him. Not as such, said Tark. No. Oh, that's a shame. Tark heard someone climbing down a ladder. It's more fun to shoot with fans. Makes a better show. I'm not fighting my best friend. Antipa, help! Wake up! Antipa blinked, but didn't move. Why not? You've got your claws, he's got that battering ram of a skull. It's a fair fight. The skull dome is not a weapon, snapped Antipa. It's used only in mating rituals and dominance display. He resumed snoring. Yeah, what he said. Also, you're insane. Oh, it always comes down to that, doesn't it? said the voice in disgust, now circling around Tark. Whether a successful internet filmmaker can also be insane. (laughs) 
given that his quote-unquote insanity is also the fuel for his objectively measurable success as an entrepreneur, and whether it makes sense to judge him by the standards of talking dinosaurs from Mars. We have people like you on our planet. They're just crazy. Crazy. For creating a space where dinosaurs can do what they've always wanted to do? That being, kill each other? Oh, contraire, my reptilian friend. The voice came into Tark's field of vision. It was just a human in a t-shirt. Tark snapped at him helplessly. The Greeks had a word for it. The source of ideas that become profitable subscription-based websites. They called it the genius. That's the word I prefer. And once my handlers get here and the extremity paralysis wears off, you will fight your friend. You'll probably even enjoy it. The human looked down at Tark. Hmm. I always wondered what color the feathers were. Back in Cretaceous times, I imagined corn syrup, toucan Sam colors. But your brown, brown, black, or dark orange, or in your case, dark gray. You're a pigeon, my friend. And Tippa, called Tark. He's mocking my plumage. The human kept walking, completing his circuit of Tark. But what a pigeon. A war pigeon. Nature red in tooth and claw. A sculpture in power. Tark felt a clammy hand gently stroke his flank. Oh my god, Dros, don't touch me, he said, and kicked out with both feet. Tark's foot caught something and sliced it. The human let out a cry and stumbled backwards. Something spilled onto the concrete, and a body hit the ground. The human let out a long, long groan, and then there was no sound but Antipa's snoring. Damn, said Tark. That smells really good, and I haven't eaten today. He waggled his arms, and they waggled back. Uh, hey, Antipa, Tark called softly. If you don't think I should eat this guy, then say so right now. Antipa said nothing. Well, that sounds like a plan. Tark got up and turned around. His knees gave way and he fell into a split. He ate the guy from a sitting position. Are you eating that guy? Asked Antipa later as Tark rounded the room on shaky legs. Already taken care of, buddy. Do you ever think? We're in the shit now. You literally killed a guy and ate him. You've confirmed the worst dinosaur stereotype imaginable. There will be riots in the streets. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. He was going to make us fight to the death. I made an executive decision. To kill him? And then you made a different decision to eat him and snap his bones and I don't know what you meat eaters do. We are so... And Tippa's head dropped back to the floor. He woke up when Tark dropped a refrigerator into the arena. The refrigerator buckled on impact, its door bust open, and tiny cans scattered across the floor like cockroaches. Hey, have some Red Bull, said Tark. I drink it to counteract the tranks. Tark climbed down the ladder. The word employees was stenciled on the refrigerator door. You drink Red Bull all the time. Yeah, said Tark. It's because I've been taking tranks to help me sleep. 
Those motel blankets are real scratchy. <laughs> guess you build up a tolerance if you take a lot. Tark flexed. Uh, I guess you're gonna lecture me about that too, aren't you? But Antipa was asleep. When Antipa came to again, he was drowning because Tark was pouring Red Bull down his throat. Tark walked Antipa around the arena until feeling came back into his legs. Man, if I had a gun, said Tark, I'd really have taken care of that guy. You did take care of him with your foot. Tark had even filled the freezer compartment with wilted, half-frozen greens, which Antipa devoured. Yeah, there's this walk-in freezer that says livestock, Tark said. It's got more if you want. Antipa climbed the ladder. The rungs bent as he stepped on them. At the top, near a bank of camera controls, stood the kids from the motel parking lot, holding each other and quaking. Where'd you find them? The kids were also in the freezer. The livestock one? Okay, these kids are our ticket out of here. We need to call the police. Where do you humans keep your phones? The kids said nothing. You know, actually, I bet that guy left his car parked outside. I guess we won't all fit in it, though. The kids will fit, said Antipa. Do you kids drive? Probably too young. Let's just take the top off. I'll drive. You don't know how. You'll crash and kill us all, said Antipa. Man, motocross bike is the same as a car. Let's try it. The two dinosaurs smashed in the windshield and peeled back the roof of the car. All right. Kid number one, I need you for detail work. Here's the keys. Put these in the ignition. I'm sorry about the blood. The kids started crying. Someone's coming. Probably the handlers. Oh, okay, so you kids just have to stop crying. And get in there, said Tark, gesturing. Crying is not productive. I said it's not productive. That's not how you talk to kids. It's too late now. Let's get them to cover and do the phone idea. Okay, kids, said Antipa. They looked at him with big eyes. Damn it. Get on my back. I'll give you a ride. He dropped to his knees and nearly fell asleep again. Somewhere Tark shouted, I ate your boss. Antipa crawled back to the entrance of the nondescript commercial building, his waking dream filled with screams and gunfire. He turned a corner and collapsed. The kids stroked the spines on his temples, and he didn't care. Several humans ran past him, falling and scrambling on their hands and knees. Antipa heard a car pull up on rapidly deteriorating shocks. He looked up to see Tark's feet sticking out of the windshield cavity. Hey, Antipa, said Tark. I got it! I got a gun! Check it out! There was a shot, and the sunroof dissolved. Ah! Glass! Stupid freaking gun! Tark hurled the gun out of the driver's side window and into a bush. Antipa sucked in air and pushed himself up. The kids got into the back seat. Antipa climbed onto the back of the vehicle, and all four tires went flat. Okay, okay, the whole car idea was stupid, said Tark. Their lawyer was a human, of course. The self-defense angle is pretty strong against the murder charge, but there's also the cannibalism... Wait, 
How could it be cannibalism for a dinosaur to eat a human? Asked Tark. I mean, hypothetically speaking. Brandishing, assault with a deadly weapon. Tark looked down at his claws, clipped to stumps. Destruction of property, unlicensed possession of Red Bull in excess of five liters, etc., etc. But given what was going on in there and the fact that you saved those kids, I can't say you're in the worst shape of any clients I've had. Jail sucks. I want out. The cell hasn't been built that can hold me, said Tark. Although they did tear out the walls between two adjoining cells. Unfortunately, it keeps coming back to the alleged cannibalism. That's just not something that the state of Florida can wink at. Except in certain special circumstances, which are not met here. I was allegedly very hungry, said Tark. The door cracked open, and a tubby ornithoraptor poked his head in. Excuse me, said the lawyer, and left the room. First they call you a hero, and then they arrest you for allegedly eating a guy, said Tark. I can't believe we share a common ancestor with these bozos. I hope you're happy. Well, I'm not. The lawyer came back in. I'd say good news, but that's for you to decide. The embassy has gotten involved. You boys are going back to Mars. Tark slowly moved his head forward, trying to keep the diminishing Earth from disappearing off the edge of the porthole. That's annoying, said Antipa. Tark sat back down on his lounge stool. You know, I wish we'd found out who did that to Cass, he said. And Tippa leaned sideways to bang his head against the hull. Does it hurt when you do that? We set her up when we came to Earth. We saw how humans revered our ancestors' skeletons, and we thought they'd want to see the real thing. But they don't. They don't want us or even the ancestors. They want what we've become in their mythology. They want the dark part of themselves, and they want to be able to punish us for showing it to them. Eventually, Tark said, I wanted to jump the Grand Canyon. There's the Valles Marineris. Yeah, but the gravity's less. Sitting on the other side of the porthole, Antipa could still see Earth sliding into the past. Chimp work. He gnawed his lip like a stick of bamboo. It's all chimp work. Well, that was our story. Hope you enjoyed. Thanks to everyone involved. Always fun collaborating with talented folks like yourselves. We're going to turn in early this week in order to get this puppy out on time, but did want to recognize our weekly 100-character TwitFix story winner this week. Fiverr yet again sweeps the title. Desiccated, dry, bloodless. That's how their gray bodies were found. The aliens had finally messed with the wrong cow. Nice. So, you know the deal. We need your donations to keep the show running. Hit us with some love if you enjoyed the show. You can find a few online support options off of our main page at Drabblecast.org. We really appreciate it. The Drabblecast is produced under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means don't change it or sell it, just share it. 
It'd be really keen if you wrote a review for us on iTunes or Podcast Alley, too. We'd love for more people to notice us. Hey, everyone. Have a great Thanksgiving. Drive safe. Carn out. Be nice to your friends and family. We'll see you next week. Until then, our staff is made up of co-editors Kendall Marchman, Luke Coddington, and yours truly, Norm Sherman, reminding you that spark plugs don't care. The waitress turns chairs upside down. Piano player picks up his tip jar and drink, and the bartender shouts last round. An hour ago, this place was loaded. A noise filled the room like the smoke. And laughter and curses spilled like booze from a glass. Words were all slurred when spoke. Yes, words are all splurred when slurred.